Father Dave, welcome back to Locust and Wild Honey. Good morning, Costa. How's your day going so far? My day's going great right yeah. now. <laughs> Pretty much our day has been all we've done is seen one another. <laughs> well, I, I had an egg sandwich and a coffee. Oh, that's nice. That's, that, that started this day. I didn't realize that was such a big thing on Long Island. Egg I, sandwiches? You know, I kind of live under a rock sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you don't like eggs? No, I do like them. But I didn't know that was so identified with Long Island. Like egg sandwiches? Isn't is that is that the Long Island thing? Does that not happen anywhere well, else? Well, I think the the bacon, egg, and cheese. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so you, I feel better. You're not aware of this either. I mean, anywhere I go, I ask for an egg sandwich. <laughs> I but can't I, say they're actually as good as anything on Long Island. I was doing something with the sophomores, and we were talking about trying to take I forget the topic exactly, but taking something from Jesus' time and make it particular to the area they're growing up in. So, looking at the geography looking at the parables that's what it was you know create a parable based on where we live long island <laughs> and they were working bacon egg and cheese sandwiches into the parables <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah it's a, it's a thing um but you can't you can't go sh- like you can't go uh you can't sell yourself short you have to go to a good bagel store yeah you have a good bagel place to get a bacon egg and cheese it's kind of like pizza yeah you can't go to do you follow Dave Portnoy at all? No. He does He does a ranking of pizza places. Oh, yeah. Okay. In, in like around the whole country. It's pretty It's pretty impressive, but there should be a bacon, egg, and cheese guy too. I, I would agree with that. That thing. might be your calling. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah if that was the case, I'd be 700 pounds. <laughs> That's true, because you have to eat all these things that you're Right, trying. exactly. <laughs> Meanwhile, I could sniff the, you know, the fumes, you know, and the aroma of this food and put on 10 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> so I was driving a lot yesterday, because after I left school, I had some things I had to do. Yeah, you the... didn't even say goodbye to me yesterday. Yeah, I couldn't even find you. I got you. a fleeting text message. I couldn't find you yesterday. It was an exciting day, too, yesterday. Yesterday was the last day of seniors. Yeah. They were there. They are finished there. A lot They're, of excitement, a lot yeah. of emotion, a lot of cutting class. A lot of, lot of tears. Yeah. 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 It, is, it was it's, good. It's the first one you've experienced, because last year it we weren't here. It was my first last day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they do They do bring a lot. And, and, and some of them, a lot of them say, like, you know, when they're starting as freshmen, they can't believe they'd be so sad on their last day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> it's all because of community, but we'll we'll get to that whole community thing. Uh, but anyway, I was driving yesterday, and the Mets had a double header, and I'm not exaggerating. I was I was in and out of the because I was you know talking to my family, so I wasn't totally paying attention. But they would say who was up, and honestly, a lot of times I wasn't sure it was the Mets or not. <laughs> they have so many guys on the injured list. I know it's it's like it's like a different team. Yep. From from when we started. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there is nothing. I mean, I'll even make this argument. And I know there are a lot of people. Baseball is not as fashionable as it was 20 years ago, mm-hmm. 30 years ago. It's not America's pastime, quote unquote, anymore because, they, you know, football is kind of like, you know. And, and hockey's getting up there. It, don't, don't, don't even talk to me about Let's hockey. Let's keep going. <laughs> but there is nothing. And I will make this argument. There is nothing better than on a nice summer day yeah. listening to a baseball game mm-hmm. just in even it doesn't even have to be like it like in the background while you're doing out stuff outside yeah hearing a home run call or a big play that's yeah. awesome i it, love that song. it is really good that's on radio. Summer. so if if you um hadn't seen this play it's worth looking up it was the play was on thursday 
May 27th, Cubs and Pirates. And um, it's it's something I've never seen before. And, and Father Dave and I were just looking <laughs> at it before we started. You've, you've never seen this before. So I'll, I'll try to set it up. The Cubs have a guy on second base, second base. Javier Baez is at the plate. They're playing the Pirates. Baez hits a ground ball to third base. The th- no, there's two outs here. This is the key to it, folks. There's two outs when this play is <laughs> taking place. The third baseman throws the first baseman. It's a little bit off the bag, kind of towards home. All the first baseman has to do is step on first. That's it. The inning is over. over. Baez starts to run down to first, stops, and puts himself in a rundown, which I'm never sure I've seen a rundown between home and first before. I've never seen that ever. It makes absolutely no sense. And the fact that he baited the first baseman to do this. Yeah. So the first amazing. baseman starts chasing him. Instead of just stepping on first base, he, he chases him back to home. Meanwhile, the guy from second is coming around third. So it's essentially two Cubs at home right now. <laughs> right. I'm not sure the first baseman was totally interested in the game because he kind of tosses the ball to the catcher. (laughs) The runner from second base slides under the tag. Baez actually calls the runner safe. (laughs) (laughs) And then runs to first. I've never seen this before. It's like he calls him safe, and then you think he still realized, wait, I'm live. No one's gotten me out yet. (laughs) Nobody's gotten him out. And he runs to first. They overthrow overthrow it, and then he goes to second Second base. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. So he was... He was decoy. He was actual base runner. Yeah. And, and he was the umpire. He was the umpire. <laughs> it's hilarious if, if you see it. It's not hilarious if you're a, if you're a Pirates fan. Now I'm going to really date myself here. Mm-hmm. But remember this week in baseball, mm. right? Oh, yeah. And during the pandemic last year, they were showing that They a were lot. showing highlights yeah, right, yeah. of all that stuff yeah, yeah. back in the day. Yep. But like that would make the bloopers real. Oh, absolutely. Do, 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 yep, do. Yep, like yep, yep. get the funny music going mm-hmm. because like you can't possibly make that up they say in baseball if you watch hard enough you'll see things you've never seen before and that was one of them <laughs> yeah right <laughs> so it's it's worth it's worth taking a look at folks well it is memorial day weekend mm-hmm. it is my favorite time of the year it is the big unofficial... fan of memorial day weekend i am yeah actually okay yes for all that it stands for um but uh Believe it or not, it's been ingrained in me because ever since I was 16 and my father had a bread truck, mm-hmm. a bread route, like this was like hot dog, hamburger rolls. Hot dog and hamburger rolls. Mm-hmm. This was the unofficial official start of yeah. summer. Yep. So that means good weather, vacation, mm-hmm. you know, just relaxed time. It's the favorite time of the year for me. I'm not sure where we are in New York. We're going to have good weather this weekend. They're saying possibly not, but I don't care compared to last year. Oh, this is awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Just, it feels normal. <laughs> yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. We were just talking before we started recording of, of watching, you know, baseball games recently and, and uh, basketball games. And I watch hockey because Father Dave has no taste. Goodness gracious. Um, but the fans are there just to see fans. Yeah. Is, you know, thing, something we took for granted and to see buildings full of fans is very cool. It's a little <gasps> and even, like, wow. And even though, like, the stadiums are not full. Yeah. Whatever whatever percentage they allow in, yeah. those people are rocking because yep. you would think that's a full you know full stadium. Mm-hmm. If you didn't get a view of the of the crowd, yeah. the way that they're cheering, the way that everybody's cheering in these games, it's like it's a whole year and a half of pent up excitement. That's true. <laughs> that really is true. And I think it really speaks to how we we need one another as community. Yeah, you know, we. Yeah. Uh, I think that's one of the biggest takeaways. Like, if we have physically survived this, and 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 fortunately, so many millions haven't. But if we physically survive this, one of the biggest takeaways is that that yearning for yearning for community. 
Yeah, I, you know? oh, yeah, and one of the things that I've, I've been able to just personally in my life just be able to do again is, which is part of my spirituality, believe it or not, like I need it, um, is to be able to play basketball with my buddies again mm -hmm. on Thursday nights. Yeah. Like, that's it. I put that down in my calendar as a meeting mm -hmm. because I need it. And it's just great to be able to laugh, joke around, you know, uh, and just play ball. It's just... yeah. It's, it's just so good for, for at least for my soul. I, I just need to be around uh, that atmosphere. Well, you, you know? did something yesterday. I don't even think you know I'm aware of it. And it was good, though. Um, so I'm speaking to my wife yesterday during, uh, during the day. We try to you know, touch base when she's at work and I'm at work, just you know, very briefly. And she said, so I know Father Dave went for coffee yesterday and, and met some students because I saw a picture of it. And so she works with this with the mother of one of our students. And you had gone for coffee, and there were there were a bunch of students there. Oh, and, at the oh yeah, yep. Babylon Bean. Yep. So, but just think about that. That very so that made their day. You were like the special guest. I don't think they knew you were special. coming. I, I was just going to get, get my coffee. coffee. They they intruded on my <laughs> private time. I just happened to be excited, and I was like, I told all of them. I said, "Girls, <laughs> this is pre." This is pre-coffee, Father Dave. So oh, Lord. I need I need a little moment here. <laughs> well, they were thrilled by it, and um, but just think about something as simple as that that wouldn't have happened a year ago. That that same place, uh, you know, same time, mm -hmm. uh, you know, last year, it was a ghost town. Yeah, and so to be able to get coffee and actually bump into people, yeah, that I knew it was it was really nice. The normal is becoming extraordinary. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's very, that's very, that's, that's kind of neat. Um, so I apologize. You're going to hear bells in this, folks. Um, we have no school today. I don't know why the bells are ringing, but yeah, I don't there's going to be another one. Shut it down. There's going to be another one in about four minutes, just to let you know. <laughs> and I'm not, my, my son does the editing on this. He, he's really helpful. I'm not even going to ask him to edit these out. <laughs> it's the full experience of SJB. <laughs> we work by bells. Um, so we wanted to comment a little bit on the gospel for um, for this coming Sunday. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're in the second week of Ordinary Time? Second week of Ordinary Time, okay. and it is uh, Holy Trinity Sunday. And so uh, we had talked about this uh, last week, actually, um, this particular gospel. We didn't. It wasn't the gospel for the Mass last week, but uh, it was something that we had made mention of, and mm -hmm. so... Uh, We'll read it for you. It's a short gospel, uh, and then we'll we'll do our very best to, you know, give you a golden nugget of spirituality. This is making me nervous because Trinity Sunday. I heard I heard the Holy Trinity once referred to as the Catholic version of who's on first. <laughs> and I just fear I'm not going to be able to say anything enlightening about it. But but let's start with the reading. We can't go bad. We can't go wrong. We there. can't go wrong. Just read <laughs> the well, gospel. I mean, if I read it wrong. <laughs> Okay, so we're in Matthew's Gospel, and it's the very last thing uh, mm -hmm. that Matthew... That's how he ends his Gospel. It's how he ends it. The eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had ordered them. When they all saw him, they worshipped, but they doubted. Then Jesus approached and said to them, All power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, 
teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. <clears throat> the line that struck me when we were kind of prepping for this was, they saw him and they doubted. Mm. And the, the, one, the, the ability for us all to take anybody from uh, the Gospels or any of the saints and make them into one-dimensional figures is really easy and tempting. Um, the Gospels were not written for history, they were written right. as, as a faith source. Yeah. Um, so their, their job was not to give us the backstories. It was not to present people as they may have interacted with one another. Um, that wasn't the purpose of it. I, I think we in our 21st century minds are very, very curious about that. Right. But the, um, the, the, the temptation I may experience, I don't know if any of the listeners would too, is, is like... Wait a second, they're on a mountain, Jesus has already returned from the dead, he's called them to this mountain, and yet they're still doubting. Yeah. And, and as I've gotten older, I think I've, I've learned to resist that temptation um, because of my, my growing understanding that these were human beings just like us, maybe just with a lot more courage than us, but human beings like us, that were still trying to make sense of what this was. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think on one level we have to cut them a little bit of slack. Yeah. Uh, on the other end of it, it's like, well, he is doing something almost every day for 50 days mm -hmm. after the resurrection. Yeah. You're a witness to all of it. It's like, how do you still doubt? How do you still doubt? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, but at the same time, like, nobody understood the resurrection. I mean, obviously, it's, it's very obvious in the Gospels mm -hmm. that the apostles did not know what he was talking about until it happened. Yeah, um, and they were still confused after that. And they were still confused. Yeah. Yeah. Um, their, their interactions that we'll never know really do intrigue me. And, and I will have to say a lot of these questions in my mind right now come from that series Father Dave and I are talking about all the time called The Chosen, um, where, where they write a backstory in. Um, and, and, and no one, even from The Chosen, is saying that backstory is accurate. They're just trying to flesh them out and make them yeah. be people. Um, but I wonder if once the, once the death happened before the resurrection, were they blaming one another? Were they, were they annoyed? Almost as any community would interact with one another. Um, Did they have any kind of guilt that they didn't do anything? Yeah, exactly. What, what would it, it have been like to be Peter? During those he, days, he had, a, he had to feel awful. And that might be like the most obvious statement any of us could make. But really, that for that man to, to watch that happen and know that he could have done something. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, uh, that great line, you know, in the, in the gospel where, where <clears throat> Jesus and Peter made eye contact in the mm -hmm. courtyard, uh, and then Peter ran away weeping bitterly. Uh, I, I just think that he, he must have just, reap, I, I would think, just uh, from just my own personal experiences of regret, Yeah. you know, well, that I think we all have from, you know, maybe not doing something that we wish we could have done. Yeah. <clears throat> Where I think in this case, I think Peter was just ashamed of himself. Yeah. You know? I, and I wonder, too, would the other apostles have even blamed him and, and been a little resentful because he obviously was one of Jesus' favorites. 
and and he couldn't even he couldn't even step up. This is all conjecture on my part, and and the answers yeah. to these questions are not terribly important. But here here's where I'm going. This is what I'm thinking: that in one way or another, all of us are in a community. We're in a community of uh, husband and wife, a community of, of a family, a community of having brothers and sisters. Um, a, friend a, groups. Fr- a friend groups are huge, absolutely. Um, a, uh, a community of, of religious people. We all have Working the... Working relationships. True. Uh, uh, you know, friend relationships, mm-hmm. uh, school relationships. Right. And, and, and we look to, to better ourselves and better the community through these relationships, but there's always going to be these, these internal or sometimes external battles or times that we're growing patient with one another. That's, yeah. I think that's just part of the human condition. It could be the most petty thing. See, this is one of the, we have, you and I have a lot of differences. You grew up, and we've said this before, you grew up with seven brothers and sisters. I grew up just by myself, mm-hmm. right? And I, so to, to watch family interactions, I almost watch from afar with my own four kids. And their ability to push each other's buttons is stunning to me. And they learned it at a young age. Like, yeah. they know exactly what to say to really annoy. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure you probably had it in your family, too. Well, how do you think I do it to you all the time? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That never took long. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, I, I, had a priest, uh, I had a priest tell me uh, when I was discerning priesthood, uh, it, it kind of came up you know, with the large family dynamic. Mm-hmm. And he had said to me, he says... You know, being part of a large family is is helpful in a sense to be, being a social person because mm-hmm. you've learned to grow up with different personalities in yeah. your in your life, and you know what personalities that you'll be attracted to, and which personalities you might you know you're weak, you know, and and might not uh, strive as 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 greatly in. Mm-hmm. Um, so. It, they're all learning. It's, it's it's just learning how to cope and deal with different people. And and it's 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 through that learning that we really have the ability to grow closer to Christ, and and that's what I want to be thinking about with with the apostles, even in the the three and a half years you know with Jesus, the the interactions that they have that help them hang together. And so even when we see the doubt here in in Matthew's gospel. Um, it still held them together. It might not have been things that were particular to the mission of, of Jesus. Like, I would love to—I I mean, I was, I was thinking about this earlier. If, if they were just, like, sitting around talking after the fact, well, what, what were some of the fun things that happened? And could it have been like, you remember the time Jesus, um, he cured the blind man, but remember, um, uh, remember we, uh, we had lost something, so we stuck around looking for it, and then we wound up in this town for longer than we thought, and it turned in, it was a Sabbath, and we went to this crazy guy's house for Shabbat dinner. <laughs> I mean, it could be whatever you want it to be. Right. But, I, right. I, but sometimes it's those things that none of that was particularly Jesus' mission, but it's how they grew. Yeah. You know, to get them... The bond. The bond, yeah, to get it's them the through bond. this doubt. And I, and I think all of us have those experiences. We might think of our, our favorite vacation story that might not have anything to do with the place that we were. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. We all have, we all have that, uh, that kind of... Um, those, those stories to, to tell and, and, and laugh and joke about with other people and, and reflect on. Yeah. But I think that just to get back to that, that, that line there... Uh, that they they saw, they worshipped, but they doubted. Mm-hmm. And, and I think if we just kind of put all of the Gospels together in, during this particular time frame, we have 
<clears throat> the, the death of our Lord, we have the resurrection of our Lord, then we have this beautiful 50 days where the Lord keeps appearing to them over and over and over again, still kind of performing miracles and still communicating to them and helping them to understand and see, and yet there's still this doubt. And last week we saw that they were locked in the upper room for fear of yeah. being killed. Mm -hmm. And you have this doubt here. Uh, so like all of the apostles are going through it. Thomas doubts, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, Peter denied. Uh, there's all this doubt, they're all locked in fear. So they, they all kind of shared the same struggle together, uh, which, you know, as you and I know, and, and as part of the human, is part of the human condition when we have when we have a common goal or you know or a common mission and there's a struggle it bonds us in a certain yeah. way so I, I do believe that you know and i and i said this at last week at mass that i think the most important figure in the gospel i think saint luke makes a mention of it too indirectly is that in that upper room for the 10 days before pentecost like right after this moment in the gospel, the Blessed Mother is present. Mm -hmm. right. and, I, and I think that to kind of calm those fears, to kind of lead them in prayer, she's there. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and they're all, you know, they're all, they're all struggling. I kind of think about when I first entered the seminary. Uh, you know, all of us in the beginning, all the guys, we were, we were small number. There was not a lot for, for, the, di for the Diocese of Brooklyn and Rockville Center. There only was about 20 or 30 of us at the time. And yet, even there was the struggle of, you know, is or we were all kind of fixated on it, like, is this what the Lord is calling me to do? Um, am I going to do this well? And all the insecurities that each guy had to kind of, was bringing to the table. We were kind of forged in this fire of it, us against the world mm -hmm. because we knew that, that, People were mocking us for it. They thought that we were losers. They thought that we were running away from our life. Um, you know, that we were afraid of life in mm -hmm. some respect, that we were looking for a, a comfortable kind of cushy situation, uh, that we couldn't relate to people in their situations. Uh, and, and so that kind of forged sure. a fire mm -hmm. with us uh, to, to like stay stay close to each other. Yeah, um, and, and I'm sure they're... Um, sense of not understanding what you were doing had to offer you some doubt too at, at times. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, why, why we, am I doing this? Are they right? Yeah, I mean, there was only so much that the priests who were in charge of us could tell us how much priesthood was like. Yeah. But we didn't actually, you know, we were living lives like that, yeah. but it wasn't the exact life. Sure. You know? And I, I think that doubt affects all of us no matter what, what life we, you know, we pick. Um, and I think married couples would, whether they have a doubt that that's the right person or not, and then eventually come to the realization that that is the right person, but that even the doubt in their married lives about, am, are we bringing up our children correctly? Are we making correct financial decisions? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I think those things also have a sense of forging or have a way of forging um, a relationship. Right. And, and so, but I do think that the, that, that doubt, um, in you know, if if, if expressed right in, in that community experience, like with the apostles, could also 
Yeah, it could it could lead somebody away from faith, but I think when it's articulated and 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 uh, and spoken, yeah, and nurtured in a community of believers, yeah, it could help push through the doubt to a deeper experience of the risen Lord. Yeah, it's really funny you articulate it that way because just yesterday I was working with a teacher. I remember I, one period I disappeared yesterday because I was helping a teacher with an um, activity. You were gone for half the day. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't, but um, we were. We brought some freshmen outside for uh, an Emmaus walk, and if you're not familiar with Emmaus walk, it just refers to the the two gentlemen um, uh, as the Gospels portray. Uh, who are walking and and meet the risen Christ and and their conversation with him, and um, so anyway the, the 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 prep work that was done the day before was to have the students realize the things they had lost during the pandemic, and that could have been the physical loss of a person, it could have been the emotional loss of friends, um, the the social loss of of not being in school, whatever the loss was, to acknowledge that loss, mm-hmm. like this has had. Um, some negative effects on me, but but like write those out and to articulate them. Followed up very quickly by what were the consolations? What were the things that um, you found life in? You found joy in? Um, you and I were just speaking about it ten minutes ago. Like you know, we see crowds in sporting events. Yeah, you know that wouldn't have brought me joy. You know, fifteen months ago. Right. You know, so we were just talking about that. And then they would then yesterday's exercise, they would go on a walk together and, and talk about those things in particular. But that that experience of loss really does help us recognize the joys in our life, but also to be able to articulate the doubt, too, you yeah. know, that as we're going through going through those losses. I think when we avoid suffering, we avoid life. And then we have this almost internal spiritual death um, even before we die. And I think that was one of the things that was brought home to me by this by this exercise yesterday, and then so ironically followed up by almost exact those exact words from you just now. Yeah, no, I, I agree because when we avoid the suffering in our life, or we avoid to uh, speak about and really communicate uh, with you know fellow believers in something about the doubt we mm-hmm. have, uh, that we're, we're denying something. You know, like when we look at a crucifix, we see that our Lord did not avoid the suffering in his life. He he accepted. Now, I'm, I'm not saying we should go out there yeah. and look for look suffering. For, yeah. um, but we should accept it because there's something in it that the Lord is trying to communicate to us about pushing us to go deeper. And, and I think the same with the doubt, that he permitted the doubt mm-hmm. to take place within the lives of the apostles to push them. Uh, in a, in a, uh, you know, to go beyond mm-hmm. what they were, what they even understood themselves to be capable of, and then it was just ripe. They're, they were all spiritually ripe for the, the descent of the Holy Spirit. There's a um, a, a way of understanding the Bible in in biblical scholarship called the criterion of embarrassment, and and what it suggests is that when something is embarrassing, so we'll take Peter's denial of Jesus because we were just talking about it. Right. If you were trying to make up a religion, you were trying to create this whole Jesus story out of nothing uh, to get people to believe, you're not going to write in the part about Peter, right? Right. Because that's embarrassing. He was following him for three and a half years, and when push came to shove, he, he denied him. And, and the criteria of embarrassment says that, um, you know, that, that must have happened um, exactly like it said, 
because they're not going to make that part up. They're not going to, I'm not saying the Gospels are made up at all, but they're not going to emphasize it. Maybe that's a better word I should use, you know? Um, Maybe they would just, like, leave that part out if they were trying to pull something over on us. And, and And the Gospels are full of that. But you and I were just commenting before we started recording, when does the doubt stop for the Apostles? For the apostles, it ceases at Pentecost. Pentecost, yeah. yeah, yeah, and you don't see it. You know, Luke wrote the Acts of the Apostles, and and you don't see that doubt anymore. No, there's just you know, there's just conviction. Yeah, uh, and they're just they just they're led, they they get it, mm-hmm. you know. And I think for us, it's look Pentecost Sunday for them. It was it, it was different in the way it looked, mm-hmm. right? The ceiling opened up. Right, they heard a strong wind. This, you know, tongues of fire. I don't know about you, about your confirmation experience. That didn't happen to me in the church. <laughs> Matter of fact, I didn't really know what was going on. <laughs> don't you think tongues of fire is a little creepy? I, I just mean, I, that image doesn't bring me warmth and joy. It's just kind of strange. No offense, God. It's like I'm sure you know what you're doing. Just I don't know. But but to. But for us, I think, you know, if we can just kind of go back last week and connect these two weeks of understanding, you know, the Holy Trinity Sunday and this week in light of this gospel of, of seeing that, like, our confirmation is super important yeah. in our life of faith. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, for, for one, it is, the, it is the sealing in of the Holy Spirit. It is the, the completion of the portion of the Spirit that... that our Father wants to give us uh, for overcoming our own suffering and doubt that we have to uh, overcome in our life, just as the apostles did. Uh, but also, too, it is the confirmation of our faith. It mm-hmm. is the confirming uh, and the solidification in our soul of our faith to then go forth and then be able to talk with great joy yeah. and great hope yeah. about what our Lord has done for us in our life. And and to tie it back to the community part, it's it's that moment that when we uh, we realize that we're giving back the gifts of the Holy Spirit, those gifts that we received at baptism, now it's our chance to to give them back, and in the community, and yeah. to and to strengthen our bonds with that community, exactly, to, and which then in turn just helps our doubt, you know, which will inevitably come. It happens to everybody, which I think then kind of leads into. Uh, this beautiful weekend when we are celebrating Holy Trinity Sunday, you mm-hmm. know, that we believe that our God is a community of persons yeah, and that that very community is love. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think the beautiful uh, secret that was revealed in the revelation of a triune God is that it is a community of love. Mm-hmm. And that is not just a very... Uh, uh, distant reality for us, but that lives, you know, that the Trinity through the Spirit lives within us mm-hmm. uh, to then enhance an, uh, the understanding of how important community is yeah. in the life of our faith. And and I think the times when we stray away from that is when our religion becomes the thing we do, not not based on love or not when it's acted upon love. Yeah, you know, yeah, we, we see that all the time, unfortunately. But then, just to just to then take it to the next step, after you know this beautiful moment of confirmation and and living our faith and going to mass, you know, on Sundays or for those of us who 
have the ability to go multiple times throughout the week. There is this, uh, there is this uh, uh, community of believers that come together yeah. where we're not alone in church. I'm not alone in a church celebrating Mass. Uh, uh, we had this experience with, with one of the seniors. She never came into my office. Mm-hmm. You know, she never really ca- came to campus ministry. No. And yet every morning she showed up to 715 Mass. And yeah. that was where her, I, you, we connected. And y- yesterday, she's a senior. Uh, we made mention of it at Mass mm-hmm. that we were going to miss her. As she goes forward, but she came into the to my office yesterday just to say goodbye and to say oh, thank she did? you for that. Yeah, and wow. it was like I don't really know anything about her. Yeah. Other than, and she doesn't really know anything about me, other than the fact that we shared the same faith. Yeah. And and celebrated and started our day the same way in this building. You know, it's interesting. I'm I'm thinking about that now. She found the better way. She went right to the source. She went right to the source. Yeah. Yeah. And so her faith, her presence being there and her faith not only uh, helped her through whatever it is she or was that was going on in her life, but she supported us in our faith by being present and mm-hmm. helping us realize uh, that what we're yeah. doing is super important yeah. and vice versa mm-hmm. for her, you know? And, and that is where when we come to this beautiful weekend, uh, like you were saying, the community of believers is so vitally important. And so my friends, if, if you are in a situation right now where you do not find yourself connected to a community of believers, then maybe it's time to take the next step in your journey to seek out uh, these, these places. There are so many resources there are so many avenues on social media that we could use for good to get connected to uh, you know, a community of believers in Jesus Christ to help us overcome these, this very thing, the doubt that can push us away if we don't have that connectedness with others. And, and we can help you with that, too, if there's, if, whether it's here locally where we are in New York or, or anywhere in the country. There, there, like you just said, there are a lot of resources, and we could help you find what you're looking for, um, whether it's a, a young adult group you're looking for, if it's um, something where you're older and just looking for a parish, yeah. you know, someplace to connect. Yeah, and, and look, let's be, very, let's be very upfront here. If, if you're saying that you're not having, you don't feel that you have a connection with your parish priest, if you don't have a connection with your church, then reach out to us. Yeah. Uh, because uh, we know uh, priests mm-hmm. that you might be able to connect with. We Absolutely. could give you a whole bunch of priests on this island mm-hmm. that you might be able to connect with. You might say that you, you, don't, you don't really get a connectedness out of the homilies or whatnot right. or their personalities. Well... Just because you might have that experience at your place doesn't mean that we can't hook you up with different places. There, there's, there's podcasts we could su- suggest for you, and that way you could stop listening to us and <laughs> yeah, right. find something useful. <laughs> um, well, but there really are a lot of even online resources that could lead you in the right direction. Yeah, exactly. And, well. and I, if I can make this gentle push, uh, I have seen this a lot just recently. And so for, um, for many of you, if... if if you still have had the opportunity, like if you still have taken the time to 
maybe just watch Mass at this point via live stream. Uh, I'm just going to ask you to take, uh, and maybe you're afraid to step into a church. Uh, I can tell you this from my experience of being in the church all year. It is the safest place to be mm -hmm. publicly right now. And I think right now, not only to just view the Mass, but to be able to receive our Lord yeah. and to be with other people, even if it's the only thing publicly you do this week, mm -hmm. uh, in, your, in your week. I'm just going to give you a gentle push here to take that leap of faith and to get back to Mass with the community of believers to help overcome maybe whatever fear or doubt that you might have going on in your yeah. heart right now. I think it's, I think it's time. Mm -hmm. I think, we, I think we, we need to be in the presence of the Lord. And I understand everybody has ongoing uh, different uh, circumstances, uh, but I just want to gently push in that direction. Yeah, that's, it's, it's a smart idea. I would definitely say that, uh, you know, as a warning, do not listen to us while you're driving because <laughs> we'll probably put you to sleep uh, and probably get you into an accident. Uh, if you're flying an airplane, don't listen to us. We should put a disclaimer at the end yeah, of this. Yeah, we should put a disclaimer. <laughs> we take no responsibility for what we say. <laughs> if you are asleep, have a, we hope you rest well. <laughs> Maybe you haven't been able to sleep for weeks. Yeah. See, we are doing some good. We are doing some good out there. <laughs> Guys, I hope you have a beautiful uh, weekend. It's a memorial. I hope you have a beautiful Memorial Day weekend. I hope you enjoy this upcoming week. Happy Trinity Sunday, and uh, God bless. Take care. If you would like to contact Father Dave or me, please follow us on Facebook at Locusts and Wild Honey. We appreciate your comments on all platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Please tell us what you think and share with your friends.